people spend a lifetime searching for their purpose. Come walk in my shoes as I find mine. You're now listening to The JK Experience. Going, okay, I'm gonna take full responsibility for the happiness in my life. Good for you, you feel you're talented in that. Pursue that, who gives a crap what everybody else says, right? When you are disciplined about how you take action on the things that you desire to accomplish, does it make you better? Absolutely. All right, everybody. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the JK Experience. Hey, we're going to do a little twist on today's show. I'm super excited that uh, my main man, Todd Conklin, is back in. Well, he's back in person, actually. So I got you live in studio, even though it isn't our studio. We're going to do some corner office today. Yeah, man. It's good to see you. Yeah, good to see you, buddy. And uh, you had some interesting travel time. Oh, yeah. Well, no, it's it's normal stuff. You know, when you're flying to Chicago, that's what happens. It takes four days and you could have walked here faster. (laughs) But yeah, here we are. You should have flown yourself. I know I should have. But you know, I something tells me that if the big planes were having a hard time getting here, I might have had a hard time getting here myself. You know, uh, uh, Tommy and I were sitting at dinner last night and they were talking about um, the tornado warnings for certain counties. (laughs) And we're sitting there going... Man, I hope we're not in that county because we don't even know what county we're in. Right. We happen to be in that county. I heard that uh, a lot of planes were actually on the tarmac last night because they couldn't deboard from it because of the tornado warnings. Oh, geez. Right. Yeah. No, Ex- thanks. Yeah, no, exactly, thanks. man. So life is good? Life's great. Yeah. Thank oh, you very much for asking. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm kind of stoked because we got, we got kind of a beast with us today. I know, man. Seriously. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a beast. Beast. <laughs> You, ahead, gotta, you, you, you got the intro, man. All right, you, well, you get, well, this is... Yeah. So, so again, first of all, thank you. Uh, so for those of you that, that don't know Bob Hamrick, he has a small real estate company in Las Vegas that does uh, just shy of a billion dollars in sales. Um, that's a lot for those of you that are math challenged. Uh, but, but honestly, w- what's really interesting to me about Bob is that you, when you meet Bob, he, he's charismatic. Like you immediately want to like this guy. And He's wicked smart, which which you you know from his business success. He's incredibly humble, incredibly kind. If you ask anybody in the industry about Bob Hamrick, anybody that knows him says, "Oh yeah, love Bob." Have yet to meet anybody that didn't just flat love Bob. Except on audio, I really suck. Uh, um, yeah. Oh, did you hear that? He just he just did the the radio uh, voice. Did That's you hear right. that? Yeah. That's right. But. What's really awesome about Bob is he is a tenacious leader. And here on Corner Office, that's what we're doing, right? Leaders talking to other leaders about issues that leaders are challenged with. And uh, we are super blessed to have a beast of a leader. Yes, he is a beast. Thanks, Todd. Of a leader on the show. So awesome to be here. I really appreciate the time. This is kind of cool. Yeah, man. Uh, So you were talking about Corner Office. This uh, is for the listeners. This is actually a Corner Hotel room. Yeah. Yeah. But we made it into a really nice yeah. corner hotel it's, room, it did we not? It sounds so much better than what it actually is. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's my corner office today, right? Yeah. yeah. It works. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, buddy. Um, and yeah, if, if it's okay with you, I think uh, both Josh and I would like to fire some questions at you and Certainly. just kind of get your perspective on a leader, cool. what, what that's all about. Yeah. Excellent. I mean, one of the things that really stood out to me, Bob, is you started in this industry at the age of 17. Mm-hmm. Like, 17. You were like still in high school. Right? And that was 17, like 60, right? 70 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just about. I mean, you're trying to make a joke, but it's real. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, I, and I thought it was amazing. I mean, 17, how do you, as a 17 as year old, 
how do you even have that direction or how, how do you even have that inspiration to say, I want to start getting into work, right? Most, right. most 17 year olds are avoiding it as long as they possibly can. Sure. How did you have that already inside of you or what did that, what was that like? Everything sounds a lot cooler when you, when you hear it in these little snippets, but the reality is I decided that I didn't want to go to college uh-huh. more than anything else. I decided my, both my brothers went to two years of college and ended up in sales. And so to some extent, I kind of felt like I was preordained to, to end up in some form of sales. And so I said, why go to two years of college instead of just going straight into it? And um, both of them were in the car business. And I kind of felt like I didn't want to be in the car business and follow them entirely. Yeah. So um, real estate was was the decision. And it that wasn't it wasn't until a few years ago that I recognized why it was real estate. And that was because in the small town of Moultrie, Georgia, where we grew up, the owner of that community was in the real estate business. His name was Matt Freelander. Um, and he actually, actually, when we found ourselves in Moultrie, Georgia, is a long story, but um, mom was unable to buy a home and mm-hmm. she was committed to buying a home for her three kids after my father passed away. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt Freelander, a fellow Jew, um, said, I want to do this for you. So he yeah. had a home and he built it for us and he financed it for us. And so I know that that left an impact on me. Yeah. Of, of, of helping others, the importance of home. So um, that it, it, it took years to look back and say, that's perhaps why I got up and got into real estate. Yeah. Well, and then by the age of 21, you were already, I mean, pretty deep into real estate and you started um, giving, you were started to give some leadership responsibilities. I mean, mm-hmm. you were part of recruiting today. Yep. I, I mean, 50 agents to hundred agents back then. Like, tell me about that. How did you like w- the leadership? How did that be? How was that drawn out, out of you? Yeah. It, it uh, you're right. Very early into my career, I gravitated towards the leadership side of this business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I could list and sell, and I was relatively good at it. I wasn't necessarily getting as much excitement from it as I was in helping others or recognizing that I enjoyed doing it and helping others do the same. So um, uh, about a year into my business, I was asked to be an assistant manager of an office. And um, continued to do sales at the same time, but ultimately went towards the leadership side, became a branch manager of an office, et cetera. All of this, in my opinion, comes down to having great mentors. And at that company, it was the Americana Group, Better Homes and Gardens, the leader of that company. There were three owners, but the real leader was a gentleman by the name of Mark Masevic. And Mark Masevic, I can absolutely say I have tailored my life in looking at how he led his life. He was an amazing trainer. He was an amazing mentor. He was a great leader. Um, And so much of who I have become, I give credit to him for it. Well, I don't know about you, but when I was in my early 20s, there is no way that I should have been having any kind of responsibility like that. You know, I just, I mean, I was testing all the boundaries. I was trying to find out who I was. And I don't think I would have been a really good leader at that time. Um, is that, I mean, were you always on the straight and narrow? I mean, did you have a wild side in you? Like, what was that like? I mean, you're young, you're leading all these other people, you're growing through the systems of leadership. I mean, did you have a wild side or did you always, did you have to wrangle that in or were you always, no, no, I'm so focused. I know exactly what my life is going to be. I know exactly what direction I need to go. So I, 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 
I don't believe that I always had that direction, but I knew I was always going to be working and I always was very mature for my, for my age. I was always doing something. Uh, when I was 12 years old, I was employed. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've always been employed. Um, so I, I, again, you can look back and write the, the history, but the reality is I didn't want to go to college. Um, and I wanted to get into business and I gravitated towards leadership and I had great mentors to, to help me in that direction. Um, and that's what I pursued. And there was a bunch of stumbling along the way and I sucked at certain things and I got better at it. And I think that's, you know, probably one of the bigger messages in your video or in, in listening to the opening tape, um, one of the words that stood out is control and take control of whatever it is that you have. And I think in, in this marketplace filled with all types of disruption, yeah, um, every one of those things are things that we have no control over. And, and no control can overwhelm us and can cause us to feel like, you know, what am I doing? And whenever you find yourself in that situation, you got to go back to the things that you can control. And yeah, I don't know how that necessarily ties into your original question about my youth and, and leadership, but um, I just I strongly believe that that doing what you can control and not worrying about what you can't is critical. Well, it goes back to the, the, the foundation, right? You had a great mentor. We talk about mentors all the time, right? Very, very important. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to talk about that again here in just a little bit, but what, what, what it sounds like you learned was that if you took action, good things happen. Yep. If you focused on the things that you could control, in other words, mm -hmm. good things happen. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and showing up every day. I mean, it's in this society, uh, it, it does concern us for our children as to, you know, how they feel like success can happen overnight. Um, and the reality is nothing worth achieving comes overnight. And it really comes down to, to grunting it out day in, day out, and just and showing up and not necessarily showing up with the absolute clarity of purpose, but just showing up and, and getting shit done. Right. If you don't have a clear vision of what it is that your purpose and calling is, don't just stay there. Mm -hmm. Keep moving. Right. Right. Absolutely. You, you might just find it. Right. Yeah. Exactly right. Love that. Love that. <laughs> so how do you go from where you're at then to three offices now, nearly 300 agents, the amount of campuses, uh, Josh, sorry, campuses. Hey, that's hey, right. I love it. Right. It's actually true. Right. I mean, <laughs> learning institutions, right? right. Um, how do you go from there? Like, like you just don't stumble into that. Mm -hmm. And especially in Las Vegas where we know you guys had some really big challenges there. How do you go from a all the way to where you're at right now? Okay, Josh, sometimes you do stumble into <laughs> it. <laughs> so the, 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 I, I stumbled into it, yeah. and I didn't stumble into it unprepared, but I was prepared when the stumbling happened. Okay. So, so I left a company that I represented for 15 years. I was attracted to Coldwell Banker. Um, the ownership of Coldwell Banker, a, an amazing man by the name of Scott Weber, owned the Salt Lake Market, the Denver Market, uh, St. George, and Las Vegas. I went to work for Scott Weber. Uh, ultimately, Scott Weber decided that the Las Vegas real estate market, he needed to simplify his life. Mm -hmm. 
And he tapped on me and said, I think you should buy my company. Mm -hmm. I would never be an owner of a real estate company if he didn't tap on my shoulder. Um, It was not in my desire. It was not something I had heard through the 15 years that I represented somebody else that this is the worst decision we ever made. I heard that there's no money in it. And so that was in my head. And, And I found out that, you know what, you actually can make money in it. And they probably didn't want me to realize how much money could be made in it if you did your job right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I stumbled into this. And, and the key is that we all have opportunities to stumble into things, and we just have to be prepared and take that, that step. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, if it weren't for Molly, we wouldn't own this company. Yeah, We wouldn't own this company because Molly was the one that said, we should do this, we can make this happen. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, shit, I, I, I know how to I know how to motivate people. I know how to inspire people. But there's so much more to run in a real estate company than that. Yeah. And those things, what I didn't know is what caused me to have so much concern that I didn't even want to do what I did know. Yeah. And so we found and that's another great lesson is that you can find great talent to do the things that you can't do um, at, at, because what you do and frankly, what I do. I do believe is of the greatest overall value. Mm -hmm. That's where the money is. That's where the opportunity is. It's where the relationship is. But ultimately, that can keep you from doing other things or or, or what what you aren't good at can keep you from actually doing what you're good at. Yeah. And Molly is your wonderful bride of 25 years. Yes. COO. Yes. Of the company. Now, was she always in a leadership role when you... Uh, we're in real estate and when you had the opportunity to, to purchase? No. Okay. So we, we made our, our move to Coal Banker, uh, me as a branch manager of an office and she as a top producing agent. So they got a twofer when they, mm-hmm. when they hired me. Um, and Molly became, through Mike Ferry, um, uh, the number one agent for Coal Banker Premier Realty before we owned it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mike was, was her mentor and coached her to high levels of production. And uh, so it was after that, when the opportunity came for us to own our company, that uh, ultimately she realized that she could be of greater value in helping us run the company versus doing her own business. But she was making a million dollars a year in GCI as an agent. So that was a that was a tough decision for us to make to carve that out and have her help us run the company. And then you guys, what year was this when this happened for you? 1998. 1998, um, we, we stood in front of these 200 and some odd agents, and at the same time that we were making that announcement, we had just found out that Molly, who, by the way, the whole concept was she was going to continue to list and sell real estate, make that money so that when we were losing money running our company, we yeah. could make ends meet. Right then we found out, close to that time, we found out that Molly was uh, pregnant with twins in a very high-risk pregnancy. And right after that announcement, she was bedridden for almost the entire time. And so my partner and the person that was going to generate income, she still generated income, but it was a very different scenario. Wow. Another test. And, 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 you know, you look at different places in your life that, 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 caused you to become who you are or caused you to have confidence in the future and yourself, that was an area. That was a time when I would go to the hospital and and she was hearing from the doctor about how these two children were not going to survive, how they were going to probably die in her womb. And she was saying to the doctor, you're full of shit. And then uh, I would come and I was going through all kinds of craziness at the office. I would go to her and say, how was your day? And she knew that she couldn't tell me. Yeah. 
And so she said, my day was great. And she would say, how was your day? And I knew I couldn't tell her. And I mm-hmm. said, my day was great. And so we protected each other from, from the overwhelm yeah. of hearing the other side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but what don't kill you makes you stronger. That's what they say, right? That is. Yeah. You know, I, it's, it's awesome to sort of listen to the journey, right? So we, we've got a single mom raising three kids, 17-year-old that decides, hey, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put food on the table. Uh, opportunity knocks. Uh, one thing that's really interesting about the story so far is they all have a a, a supporting character, mm-hmm. a, a mentor in there. That yep. uh, that's very cool. So w- w- one one piece, like the opportunity that was given to you to acquire the Coldwell Banker office, mm-hmm. it you had to be the right person for you to be given the opportunity. Correct. T- tell me a little, like, what's your mindset? What's your, what's your ID, I- idea behind? How do you make sure, for those people out there look, li- listening, that maybe they haven't quite been given the opportunity yet, how do they make sure that they're the ones that's chosen for the opportunity? Uh, act as if, act as if it's your office when it's not. Act as if it's your company when it's not. Um, act as if, and, 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 and it will be recognized. It's so interesting because there's a lot, I was overlooked as an assistant manager to be a branch manager three or four different times. And each time I knew I was better than the person that was identified to be the branch manager. And, and I just kept persevering. And now, you know, you don't get what you want the first go around. It's like, well, screw this. I'm going to do something else. No, you've got to you've got to continue to put it out there. You've got to continue to be your best. You got to show up every day, and eventually it gets recognized. I'm a better branch manager. I was a better branch manager. I'm a better owner um, by having been overlooked those three or four times than if I was recognized the very first time. It's pretty good stuff. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So now, there's there's more to the journey, right? We're we're only in the late '90s, right? We're yeah. getting to the early 2000s. There's some there's some turmoil that's coming. <laughs> a whole bunch of turmoil coming to Las Vegas for sure. And and I have never never experienced anything like this. Las Vegas had had always been since I got started in 1980 a very 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 conservatively appreciating market. Uh, there used to be a report that showed what state was appreciating, you know, against all the others. Las Vegas or Nevada was always like the 50th state. 1% appreciation, 1% appreciation. And and what ultimately happened was that our proximity to California started to get recognized. We were starting to go crazy. And what goes up comes down. And in 2007, 2008, it hit the fan. It hit the fan around the entire country. Uh, but Las Vegas was the epicenter of, of what was happening. And so we found ourselves uh, with an average sales price of 400000 that dropped to 100000 in about a three-year period of time. And if you were selling X number of homes you better be selling a hell of a lot more. Hmm. And, um, and so we did, uh, there was the short sale market. We said, we're not going to do this. And we ended up having to do it. Uh, and we did a lot of short sales and we made money, but, um, it's, you know, the father of invention is, is just <laughs> needing it. Well, 100%. One, one of the things that I so admire about you is that you are the kind of guy that quietly just does what needs to be done. Thank you. 
Some may say otherwise. I mean, well, be a little louder at times. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I think ultimately, if you if you just do what you know needs to be done, the recognition, if it even needs to be there, is is there. I mean, people observe why companies succeed. People observe, you know, what it takes, and it's it, it, it's not me. We have an amazing infrastructure. We have an amazing group of wonderful leaders that I have the benefit and the opportunity to attempt to inspire every single day. And I attempt to inspire, you know, the, our sales associates in the, in a similar way. Um, that to me is, is what it's all about. And, and if they're inspired enough, they want to go out there and do what it takes to make this company continue to be a success. So no person, I mean, it, you, you mentioned that, you know, there's always a, a, a co-pilot or there's always somebody else that's the, uh, attributable to, to one success. There absolutely always is. If it's long-term success, I believe that's the case. Um, it, it, you can perhaps achieve short-term success by yourself, but ultimately, uh, I think there's a downfall in there if you're not leveraging others and, and certainly recognizing others. Yeah, no, I know. It's, it's the whole go fast, go alone, go further, go with, with your posse. Yeah. Good one. So let's go back here just for one second. So I, I think one of the things I love about this podcast is that we're talking with leaders mm-hmm. and I, I know that uh, there's a lot of people that want to be leaders, right? We know that about 1% of the people on the planet can actually achieve leadership at the level that we're talking. Right. On the outside, it looks really pretty. <laughs> It looks so awesome, doesn't it? Yep. I mean, it's exciting and gosh, it's a car and a watch and a sport jacket and a, you know, whatever, right? Whatever right. It, it, your thing is, but, but we know, Yep. you and I know, sure. It's hard. It's absolutely hard. And, and there's some times where you have to roll up your sleeves and just do what's necessary. And so I'd love for you to share with us a little bit about your journey from maybe 2006 to 2010, 12, that, that like, how, how did you navigate that? There's no market on the, in the United States, there's no market that was harder hit than right. Las Vegas. Right. Not having an option. If, if failure is not an option, and, and we certainly weren't going to head out and say, let's just fail. So you just have to. You got to. And so we had to show up every day. We had to be creative. We had to innovate. We had to do whatever it takes to be successful. And so we, during that period of time, I mean, it's so interesting because you look back at periods and you say, how did we freaking do this? And we also often say, I would never want to do this again. (laughs) And I wouldn't. I would never want 2006, 7, 8 again because it was so painful. But, but we've been through other experiences that were equally painful, and you make it through. And so uh, whatever is going to happen next, if it's an impending recession or whatever it is, it's going to have its challenges, and it also has its opportunities. And I have always attempted to look at the opportunities within the challenge. And, and that, I think, is, is a critical importance. The other thing is that I I feel like I have an obligation. If this were just me in this game, um, I don't know that I would try as hard as I do. I don't know if I would be as committed to it. But when I look at having 50 employees that represent our company, whose mouths are fed and whose families are fed as a result of, of us generating income, When I look at 250 agents who are saying, what's Bob going to tell us about this? What's Bob's suggestion going to be? What's his opinion going to be? I say to my, I believe whether it's true or not, I truly believe that they're looking for me, looking to me for guidance. 
And if they are, I better have it. And so that that responsibility causes us to be a lot more, I think, a, a lot more thoughtful and a lot more successful at what we do because we're not doing it for ourselves. I have never, ever, I don't know. Molly from time to time says, we have this much in the bank. We have this much. We Our properties are almost free and clear now. We have this, we have this. I don't even listen to any of it because it, it, it I don't, I don't listen to it because I want to make sure that I continue to stay sharp and I continue to show up every day. And if I felt like there was this amazing cushion to where we could never spend whatever we had, I, it would change me. Yeah. So I, I, did you just, so I just make sure from a clarification standpoint, did you just say that you're, you like you've harnessed the fear of what's happened in the past to drive you today? Absolutely. I mean, I, it, the, you listen to Tom Ferry, you listen to Mike Ferry, they always say, are you are you motivated by fear? Or are you motivated by opportunity? Is that what it is? Opportunity or fear? Or away, away from pain yes. towards pleasure. Yeah. Okay. It's And I don't like admitting it, but it has been fear-based. There is a lot of fear that you anticipate and you say, how do I avoid this? So it hasn't been, oh my God, if we had this, look what we would have. And I haven't I think most people truly are that way and would like to be the ones that are attracted um, uh, by opportunity. But it, 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 I know for me, it's been a lot of fear-based. Avoiding fear. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to stay or, the heck away yeah. from it. You know, Bob, one of the things that I, and doing my research uh, about you, I came across a post from one of your newest recruits and, I, and it really just stuck out to me. And he said, the reason why I joined uh, Coldwell Banker Premier Realties because um, they're going to help me become the best version of myself. And just hearing you talk today, I can kind of see that why, I can see why, but tell me, how does that translate into your company? How does that translate so that agents are experiencing it, they feel it, and it's actually going to change their life? What does that look like for them, and what do you try to implement? So that that's Nick Lehman, and, and Nick Lehman is an amazing addition to our company. Mm-hmm. I was so excited when he made the decision to not go to, uh, to Keller Williams and to join Cobalt Banker Premier Realty. He was at a, a local company, Simply Vegas. He left independent companies, 100% uh, organizations to join Cobalt Banker Premier Realty. This happens very seldom, but it should happen a hell of a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a person that did say, I want to be better. And so many of the agents that are at 100% shops say, you know, hey, this is great. I would never give somebody, you know, 10%, 15% of my money because I know what I'm doing. Nick Lehman is a different mindset, and he recognized that he needed to be around others to help him get there. And he decided that I was that person. And, and I say I because I am personally coaching him, but our environment is what he has been looking for. Um, it's, it's emotional to me to have a person that is making 300 grand a year plus say, you're the one that's going to take me to 450. And, and that, you know, one, it's a lot of responsibility, but it's exciting as hell to know that somebody has made that decision based a lot on, on the person. And so I have to be that person and I have to, every meeting that I have with him, I'm challenging him to do better. I'm, I'm, I'm challenging him on what he's been doing. He has a Mike Ferry coach. 
Um, I'm sorry, a Tom Ferry coach. And, um, and yet, if you asked him, I think he would say he gets equal or more from our monthly conversations than those weekly conversations because it's down to earth. I know everything about his business. I know what he's doing. So why does that happen? Um, because I truly believe, I truly believe that I can help any agent at any income level do better. And that is what I think is one of the challenges that most other leaders have, and that is that they don't truly believe, oh, geez, they're making half a million dollars a year. What do they need from me? And if we don't believe that we can take them to another level, then we don't deserve them coming to our company. Yeah. Because that's why they're joining us, is, is this person's going to take me to the promised land. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't agree with you, man. Todd, I'll tell you what, man, it's just... Uh, First of all, 28 minutes just like that. I think we could be on here for another half an hour to, you know, three hours. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, I think, I think his wife's going to come looking for him here in a second. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yep. uh, Bob, that, I, mean, I tell you what, you just, you had some great nuggets in there. And uh, I tell you what, I know that I'm a better leader from it. I know that, uh, you know, it, uh, it's going to impact and, and uh, change a lot of the things that we're doing in our company as we're continuing to grow. And I think one of the things, you know, you just kind of brought up there is I think a lot of people, are afraid to sit at the feet of other people. They, they won't have that humility to say, listen, um, what I'm doing is really good, but really good is not where I want to be. <sighs> so true. I, I, I honestly have said to my leadership team that we get paid based on the amount of shit we can eat, mm-hmm. how much shit we can take. Yeah. And, and not, I mean, that doesn't sound that great, but ultimately, you know, how, how much you can take from people that, that don't really mean it, but they will say things from time to time, instead of saying, do you know that I'm the freaking owner of this company? That means nothing. Nothing. Uh, And and so it really comes down to, to that philosophy, even though I, you know, apparently paints a wrong picture. No, no, I think I, (laughs) I I heard what you're saying. I, you know, I, you know, as we look at this, right. So I love the fact that mentorship was, was a, was a big piece of this deal. I I love the fact that you acknowledge that you are relentless. You're willing to do what others aren't willing to do to Mm -hmm. get what others don't have. There were a lot of people that failed through 2006 to 2012. You were not one of them. And one of those is because of your relentlessness. The fact that you've surrounded yourself with great people within your company, you've created a culture that, as Josh pointed out, is servant based and you are truly there to have an impact on their business and therefore their lives. Awesome. 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 Thank you. Super humble, dude. Like you are, you're amazing. Walking down the street, you're like the million dollar man. And you know, like you walk around like you're 50 bucks. That I, that I attribute to my, my mom. I sincerely, I mean, humility Mm -hmm. is critically, I think it's a, a, a very important trait. I, I naturally do have it. Uh, I'm not a boisterous kind of guy, but um, I, I remind myself every day of, of, of my mom and how important humility is. Well, you are definitely somebody that uh, others should be looking to as a mentor and a role model. I know you've been a mentor of mine. We've known each other for a number of years, and uh, a lot of who we are today as an organization is thanks to you. So thank you for being here. Thank you. And we didn't even talk about city center coming up next. Yeah, that'll be episode number two. (laughs) There's no doubt we'll have a second one here. So uh, Bob, I tell you what, thank you so much. You just, like I said, you, you brought some great nuggets and I know that not only has it going to, is it going to impact Todd and I, but I know it's going to impact all those that are listening. It was just, it was great. It was real and it was raw. And I think that's obviously what we're always looking for. So thanks so much, man. You bet. Enjoyed it. All right, guys. Hey, that'll do it for another episode here on the JK Experience. As always, just trying to bring you great content, great things that will impact your life so you can go out there and live boldly. Wait, before you go, 
We want you to know how thankful we are for you listening to the JK Experience. You're the reason we keep sharing valuable content every week. If you found any value in this podcast, please subscribe to our channel and write us an honest review. We want to know what you think so that we can grow with you. We'll catch you next time.